Welcome to everyone. Welcome to the fall. Is it fall yet? What's the first actual day of fall? It's fall? Thank you, Meredith Knox. It's fall. Fall's the best. Look, if you think summer's the best, you're just wrong. If you think spring's the best, you're close. If you think winter's the best, you're strange. Fall's just the best. Stuff's still alive, but it's cooling off. Football is fully alive. Anyway, I'm just stalling. I'm just so happy to be at Fuse tonight. Uh, if you have a Bible, <clears throat> let's go with it to the book of Acts. So just to recap very briefly. If you're new, let, me, let me take a second and say this. This is kind of the time of the year where you, know, you got football and cheerleading and all, all sort of sports and stuff. And so the, the, you know, who's here kind of differs big time from week to week. And so welcome in if you're like, if you're new with us or you're new, you know, for your back for the first time in a little while. Just so, super glad to have you. Honestly, here um, at High School Fuse, uh, this is something that we started just like a couple of months ago, not even really a couple of months ago, like six or seven weeks ago. We have high school and middle school environments. It's been incredible. It's been awesome. But I just want to let you know this like gathering time when we're together for like 70 or 80 minutes on a Wednesday night, it's not enough. It's not going to be enough for you. If you ask anybody around here who's you know, a fuse group leader or who's a mentor who has a spiritual life that is worth following, that's worth copying, I would be willing to bet that they were in a fuse group at some point. They had a leader that was responsible for them. They had somebody who was doing more than just sitting with them for 30 minutes while somebody talks to them on stage. Okay, so I would just encourage you, if you're not in a fuse group, pursue that. If one of your friends is, then jump in their group. And if you don't have any friends that are in a group, then start a group and get with some people and get some like real life discipleship, get some real life mentoring in your life. It's very, very, very helpful. You will benefit tremendously from it. So we're in this way series. We're coming to the close of it. I think there's one more week of it where we're just talking about what it actually means to follow Jesus. Where in a space and place where you see a lot of churches, I don't know where you live, but you probably had to pass five or six churches to get to church tonight. Um, you're you're kind of in the south, you're in what's called the Bible Belt, where you, you're going to find very few people who aren't like at least pretty familiar with church, but we've talked about this, sometimes it can get confusing what it means to be in church compared to what it means to actually be in Christ. And we mess that up, and so what we end up thinking is if I, if I show up enough Sundays, if I, if I come to enough youth groups or whatever, like if I memorize enough Bible verses that me and God are good, and then I can just go like do whatever I want until I'm like 40 or 50 and my kids get old enough, and then I need to get back in church, right? That's kind of the rhythm that we see, maybe the cycle with some of our parents or whatever. And so we're just going back to the scriptures and we're just saying like, look, if this Bible says um, anything that is worth value, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna seek it out and I'm gonna try to live it out. I'm gonna try to mine it out of here and see like what actually is in here and, and what do I need to do with it? And so we talked, we spent a few weeks talking about like who Jesus was, not like, not like vacation Bible school, like little kid Jesus, but like what, what did the prophecies, like what did for thousands of years, what did they prophesy about a coming Messiah and how did Jesus fulfill this? It was awesome. Go back and look at those. We talked about what are the things that Jesus taught? Like what are the handful of things that Jesus said? Like you have to do these if you want to be my followers. So we kind of went through that. And then we got to really the, one of the main points of Jesus' whole ministry, which is his death, right? His death on the cross, his burial, his resurrection from the dead, how all those are like tenets of our faith and now we're, we're kind of getting into the space where after Jesus comes back from the dead, he ascends into heaven, right? Which is kind of hard for us to kind of get our minds around. So we're trying to get our minds around that. And then as he ascends back to the Father, the Holy Spirit descends. And last week we talked about how the disciples, they were in Jerusalem. They were celebrating a feast that was part of their calendar year. But they're waiting. They're waiting on the promise of the Holy Spirit to be given to them so that they could receive the power to go and be a witness to everything they had seen Jesus do, right? Like, they've been walking with Jesus. He's healing people. He's casting out demons. He's like, 
doing all these miracles, etc. And they're like, look, Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He's the one. And Jesus is like, but don't go tell anybody. Go to Jerusalem. You need the Holy Spirit. So we talked about receiving power from the Holy Spirit to actually be a witness to Jesus. And this week, I just, I kind of want to do like a 2.0 of that talk. And I want to talk about something that has um, kind of revolutionized my walk with God. Something that has, has really breathed some like fresh air onto my walk with God that was admittedly so for several years, just very religious. It was very do the right things, feel good about it, do the wrong things, feel ashamed of it. Um, sometimes God's mad at me. Sometimes God's like pretty okay with me. And it just was kind of this cycle of like, I do bad things and I don't do bad things. And when I do bad things, I'm just like embarrassed and I just like try to put on a good show. And when I don't do bad things, I get like really self-righteous and think like, oh, I figured out the secret, you know. It's just kind of this weird like cycle of very religious living that was very little like the kind of life that Jesus talked about. And so we're going to pray. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. And then we're going to talk about how to actually live being led by the Holy Spirit. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we love you. We honor you. We are desperate for you to work in our lives. We're reminded now of the words of Jesus who said that he's the vine and we're the branches and that if we get separated from him, if we stop living in communion with him, that we can do nothing. And so, Jesus, we know that you're in heaven seated with the Father, but Holy Spirit, we know that you have come now to fill us, to be with us, to encourage us, guide us, teach us, to show us what we're supposed to do with the 70, 80 years that we get here on earth with air in our lungs. And so, Holy Spirit, I just want to say on behalf of everybody here, you are welcome in this room tonight. You are welcome in this auditorium. You are welcome in every space where young people are gathered to learn about the goodness of God. So we lay down our agendas, we lay down our, our preconceived notions, we, 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 we try to push down the walls, the barriers that we have up that would keep us from hearing from you and would keep us from surrendering to you, that would keep us from actually engaging with you. And Holy Spirit, we just ask, would you come and do your work in us tonight? Would you help to illuminate Jesus? Would you help to bring us back to the cross to understand the weight of the finished work for us and the, the breadth of the life that you have prepared for us? Would you help us to repent and change our mind of this boring religious life that we've crafted for ourselves that you never told us to live? And help us to come alive to the reality that you are with us, God with us here now to help show us the way. So Father, we bless you, Spirit. We invite you, Jesus. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, so last week we talked about Pentecost. The Holy Spirit falls. Remember, they got their disciples are in the upper room. They got tongues as a fire, and we talked about how those tongues specifically are different languages all over, you know, like all over the world, known world at the time. There's everybody, so they're speaking different languages. And, and then what happens, we, we left off on the verse last week where it says that they're going, aren't these guys all from Galilee, basically? Like, how are they, how are they talking in our language? And they think they're drunk, right? Like, they, they think they mo they're mocking them because they think they're filled with, with new wine, it says. But then right after that, Peter stands up, and he basically goes to, he goes to bat with these guys. And he lays down, like, the, the harshest sermon you've ever heard in your life. And Peter basically tells all of these men and women that he says, like, men of Judea, listen, look, here's the deal. This Jesus was prophesied about. He came with signs and wonders. He did the works of God. He was glorified. And then you killed him. And then he just kind of leaves it. And these guys are like, what do we do then? 
It like hits them all in a moment where Peter just says like, no, seriously, you guys just killed God. And they're like, what do we do? And Peter says, well, you need to repent. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And then you'll receive the Holy Spirit. And it's this really awesome story where it says that like thousands and thousands of people come to this moment where they go, okay, I guess Jesus is Lord. I guess that we did crucify and murder God. We need to receive this Holy Spirit and, and repent of our sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus. And so they're at it. And then it, there's this really cool passage in, in the book of Acts where it says that the, the, the disciples and the apostles, like they're all together and they're just kind of like eating meals together and they're, they're praying together. They're doing life together. Like if somebody's rich, he's like selling off his stuff and giving it to the poor people. And it just says that there's so much interest in what's happening. It's so rich and amazing and real and it's so genuine and it's so, it's so, it's so good that they're having favor with all the people and the Lord's just adding daily to, to, to the people that, that, are, that are saying, hey, I believe in Jesus and I'm, I'm gonna be filled with the Spirit. It says that signs and wonders are happening all over the place. And we have at the end of Acts 2 this really beautiful picture of what we all hope the church could be. We have people in our home sharing meals with us and where we share what we have and nobody's like consumed with greed like they share with, with people that are poor, right? And, and where we're, there's like signs and wonders going out all over the place, like people are healed and people are sick, like all this stuff is happening and the Lord's just adding daily those who are being saved, right? This really cool, beautiful picture of this. And then, and then we start with Acts chapter three. And when we get to Acts chapter three, it opens up with this really cool story of where Peter and John are heading up to the temple to pray like they would do, right? They go to the temple and they go to pray. So let's pick this up in the book of Acts chapter three. And then I just got a handful of things that I wanna encourage you with. And then we're, we're gonna pray. We're gonna do some really cool special prayer tonight. So Acts chapter three, let's go here. Let's read it slowly and, and don't just like gloss over this, like read this and, and think about this, right? So Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, which was the ninth hour. And a man who was lame from birth was being carried. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that's called the beautiful gate to ask alms, which was to ask for money from those who were entering the temple. And this guy, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. He's probably, if you've ever seen, you know, a guy like this, he's probably shaking a cup and, you know, trying to. And so Peter directed his gaze at him. So Peter looks at him, and as, as did John. He says, hey, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them, right? Like he gets excited because he's getting ready to get money, and he's probably hungry, and he needs some food. And so he's getting ready to get some money. But Peter says, I don't have any silver or gold. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you get up and you walk. And he grabs him by the hand, and he pulls him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he begins to walk, and he enters the temple with them, and he's walking, and he's leaping, and he's praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And I love this story. And I just want to say, first off, that up until like three or four years ago, I read this story and I thought, man, Christianity must have been awesome back in the day. Like, it must have been super, super easy for the word of God to spread and for people to believe in Jesus when you could just like, when you're just like pulling guys up from the ground that are like been laying there, right? Like it's gotta be easy. And I would, I had this understanding that like 
man, there was a time when, when being a Christian was like easier, right? Like there was a time when it was easier to tell people about Jesus and people were more interested and people were more excited about it. But man, those days are gone and it just stinks like, you know, those would be cool. It would be cool to meet that guy one day and be like, man, tell me the story that I read in Acts 3 about your legs. You know how you were like lame from birth. And then I started asking God, like, hey, is any of this stuff, like, can it happen now? Like, I, don't, I didn't read the verse where it said, like, stop praying for people to be healed. I couldn't find out what in there. But I, I kept going, like, God, do you do any of this stuff here today? Because here's what I think it means to, to tell somebody about Jesus, right? Like, this was, and I'm not putting this on you, I'm saying, this was me. I would, when I was in high school, I got, like, for real, like, radically saved, right? I was, like, smoking a lot of weed and drinking a lot, and I just was a, I just, what, I was a good kid, but I just had, I just made some really, really bad decisions, right? I was hanging out with some people that just weren't that great. And then I got, re like, really saved, and, like, God really started working in my heart and doing some great things, and I was changing a ton, right? But I just, I, I was, it was so hard for me to stop cussing, like, you know, and it just wasn't, like, even, like, a little, like, maybe even, like, silly cuss words. It was, like, just, like, vulgar, like, bad cuss words, right, okay? And so I know, like, I can tell, I can read the verses, like, I need to be able to tame my tongue. Can blessing and cursing come from the same mouth like it should be? So, so I'm going, like, okay, God, I feel, I feel wrong about just being, like, loose-lipped and just, like, saying things I shouldn't say, right? Like, you know what I'm talking about. And so I, I would, I, I was working on this so hard, like, I'm going, okay, I'm, I'm kind of doing this. And then I'm hanging out with my friends that would come to Fuse with me, but they weren't Christians, right? And it was cool. It's like, hey, you guys are coming, and they would, they loved it, and they loved watching me sing and watching us pray and stuff, but it wasn't their thing or whatever. And then we'd hang out, we'd play football, we'd play soccer, we'd play whatever. And when somebody would cuss, I would get so mad, you know? And I'm like, stop cussing, you, you know, you losers, you know? And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I saying? Like, I'm, I've, I've, like, what am I doing? But I couldn't help, right? I'm just like so religious. I just was like, man, you guys are just, what are you even doing, man? Do you even love God, man? Like, why are you, why are you saying this, you know? And I couldn't help it. Like, I just was feeling so religious. And these guys were like, bro, what are you talking about? You know, like, it just didn't. I just was, I, I thought that, like, my life with God, like, that, oh, man, thank God that he, like, stooped down in Christ. He forgave my sin. But now, I got to spend from now until the day that I die trying to make sure I don't do anything bad ever again. So, God, like, help me not cuss and, like, help me be okay tucking my shirt in and, like, combing my hair. And, you know, like, give me some super, super good friends, like, especially ones that, like, went to Bible school and could do the Bible drill thing, you know, like. And I thought that's what it meant, for real. And so I got mad at people when they did the wrong thing. And it made me so bad at spreading the good news of Jesus. Like, I was such a bad evangelist, right? Because I thought my, the idea was like, okay, well, here's what I got to do. I got to just, like, wait. And then I got to tell people, like, yeah, you know, it's all about, it's all about Jesus, man. It's all about Jesus. So, yeah, you should break up with your girlfriend and just, like, sell all your stuff, give it to the poor, and then follow Jesus. And they're like, What? Like, I just read one Bible verse today for the first time. And I would get so mad, and, you know, then I slip up, and I say a cuss word, and I'm just, like, ashamed. I don't even want to read my Bible anymore. Or then I, like, do something stupid with somebody because I'm 16, and I just, I'm, it's like I have, I have a spiritual gift of just being stupid for a little while, you know. And I just, it's awesome, right? And I would just get so mad and so mad. And meanwhile, I'm reading these Bible verses. I'm like, man, it seems like the disciples, they didn't do any of that. Like, it seemed like what they did was they ate with other Christians, and there were, like, signs and wonders happening, and that God was just like adding people all over the place because they loved doing life together. And they were just like generous and sharing with each other. It was like this very normal thing. And there's like miracles happening. Just like, it's like normal, right? Like, oh, your legs don't work. You ought to go see the Christians. Oh, you're blind. That's cool. We're going to church. You should come with me. It'll, we'll take care of it. And I'm like, man, is any of this stuff still real? Like, can it still happen, you know? And so I'm like, God, I, I, I want to see it. Like, like if, if, if you're still going to heal somebody, if you still want to see like, like, then when I see somebody who 
clearly needs God, right? Like they're, they're sick or like they're hurting or they're just like not in a good spot. Like, and I can feel the Holy Spirit in me like welling up. Like I want to see some of this stuff happen. And God was like, all right, well, you got to do something. Like you got to start praying or something. And I start like, okay, God, will you heal this person, you know? Yeah, you know, and like checking and trying to see everything. And it doesn't work. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess this stuff really doesn't work. And I'm like, all right, let me try to prophesy and like encourage some people. And then you do it. And I'm like, you know, oh, man, I see like a fish, you know, like are you something about a fish and like a uh, like the flag of, you know, whatever. And I'm like, does that make sense? And they're like, bro, what are you talking about? All right, I guess prophecy's not real. Like what is happening, you know? So I'm like, all right, cool. Let's just go back to like following all the rules. And when you, when you do a good job, God loves you. And when you don't do a good job, like you just got to be ashamed for a little while. And meanwhile, I can sense the Holy Spirit starting to go, Caleb, there is more to your life with me, and you need to start trusting me. I'm like, okay, okay, Holy Spirit, here we go. And so then I start seeing people, and I'm like, hey, I think God loves you. And if you don't believe me, that's cool, but I want to pray for you. And some wild stuff started happening. After you pray for a ton of people, a ton of people, and you try to, like, share a word with a ton of people and a ton of people, like, what's crazy is eventually, like, you get one right, you know, like, like, I'll never forget, like, the first time I shared something, and I look at it, I'm like, please, I'm over, like, 130, please tell me, like, any of this prayer is right, and they're like, you know, oh, my gosh, like, I know, you know, like, I, me and Austin were down in Atlanta one time, it's like this really funny story, and there were these two, these two girls, and we're praying for them, and literally, it was the strangest thing, like, I look at them, and when I look at them, one girl just has the number five, like, on her face, like, I can just see the number five on her face, and the other girl has the number 14 on her face, and I'm like, what is going on? So I said, like, hey, does the number, like, does, like, 514 mean anything to you? And I, that's all I said. Number 514 means anything? And this girl goes, oh! And she, like, crumples. And to this day, I have no idea what it was. But it was, like, it, like, smoked her, man. Like, it was all over her. God had been working on her with something like the number 514 or something. But I remember thinking, wow, this was so fun. This was so exciting. This girl knows that God loves her. And, and I got out of the rhythm of just feeling like I had to do everything for God. And maybe that God was doing it and he wanted me to play a part. Maybe God's been bringing people to himself forever. Maybe God loves to heal people. And maybe if I could just get out of my religious, like, got to follow all the rules perfectly, comfort zone. Maybe I could partner with God and seeing some really cool stuff happen. I'll never forget, there's a, you know, a girl in Greenville. I met her a few weeks ago. Her name's Lily. And we prayed for her ear one time. She had a hearing aid, you know, and it just, like, pops open and stuff. And she can hear and there was this other, you know, this other kid and some other people. And it's like, it's like, whoa, like I pray for a ton of people and sometimes it doesn't work. And we, you know, we pray for people all the time and sometimes it doesn't work and sometimes it does. And you're like, what, for real? Like you, your leg doesn't hurt anymore and it just grew and what was that, you know? And it's awesome. And I'm starting to come alive to the reality that, man, it really is as simple as like, it's been in the Bible the whole time, y'all. It's been there. The encouragement to do life with God and to not spend our time judging ourselves and evaluating ourselves and making sure we point out every little sin everybody else does, but rather just actually falling in love with God and letting the Spirit lead us into life. So here's three things that happen when you start letting the Holy Spirit lead you, okay? Three things that happen. Number one, you are going to be filled with compassion. If you go through and you read the Gospels and you read about Jesus' miracles, you read about the things that he did, how he just fed all these thousands of people and how he like would just heal the sick people and how he's just casting out demons and how you know there's like women that he definitely shouldn't be talking to and he goes and he talks to them and encourages them he does it it says his main motivator is compassion and this was so needed in my life until I started 
letting the Holy Spirit work me over and really lead me in my daily life, I was very, very, very not compassionate. Think about this story in Acts 3 for a second, okay? This guy, this grown adult man, okay, first off, men, adult men, we don't like being vulnerable, all right? Emotionally, spiritually, physically, we don't like being vulnerable. And so imagine this adult man, this grown man who was born lame, so his legs didn't work, and every day of his life, his friends have to come and carry him and sit him down in front of the temple, and then they go to work, and he's got to sit there and just shake a cup and hope somebody can pay for him to get some food. Because his legs don't work, he can't go to work, he can't get a job, he can't go earn a living for himself. So imagine this guy, and imagine how he feels every single day. Embarrassed, he's frustrated, he hears people complain about their jobs, and he's like, I would kill to have some legs so I could go to work. Every day, his friends have to come, and they set him down, and he just sits there, and he shakes a cup, and he just hopes somebody will give him enough money to buy some groceries so that maybe he can pay his friends back for carrying him every day. Now imagine, okay, because I'm, I'm very not perfect, just like you. So imagine you see this guy, and you go to the temple, right? You probably go to the temple several times a week. You go to the temple, you know, and you see, you see this guy all the time, right? How easy would it be to just walk by this guy and go, oh, my gosh, get up or something, you know? You just walk by and just whatever, he's shaking the cup, and you go, it drives me crazy when he shakes his stupid cup. Right? But see, it's, this, is, this is real life. This is what happens. And you see somebody, and now uh, let's, just, let's just throw a little bit of opinion, maybe a little bit of subjectivity into the Scripture here. How many times had Peter and John gone to this temple and walked right by this guy and been mad, right? Like it was, it was understood in that day. Like if you're lame from birth, it's because somebody in your family line, you know, walked away from God. And so it's his curse on your life, right? Like God cursed your family because your great, great, great grandpa worshiped like the Asherah pole. And so God cursed your family. That's why your legs don't work. So everybody just looks at this guy. He's like, oh, this guy's just got to be cursed, right? Like his legs don't work. So clearly he's just cursed. And everybody's just filing past him, going to do their good religious thing at the temple, right? Like, just look past the guy who doesn't, who, who can't do anything for himself. Just look past him, and let's go love God in the temple. Like, let's go to church, and let's don't worry about this guy. And Peter, and I don't know how many times he's walked by him, or if this is the first time he's ever seen him, but Peter walks straight up to this guy, and he goes, no, 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 look, right here, look at this, Hey. And he makes it a point, and the Bible records. The text records. Now, think about the Bible. You're writing something down that's going to live for thousands and thousands of years. Think about the details you're going to put in there. And what Luke makes sure that he writes so that we would read it thousands of years later here in South Carolina, what he writes is that they look him in the eyes, and John looks at him in the eyes. And Peter says, I want you to look right here. I want you to see. I want you to see my eyeballs. I want you to see my pupils. I want you to see the veins in my eyes. Because I don't know how many people have walked by you and you've seen their legs, you've seen their butt, you've seen the back of their head as they try to not look at you, you've seen their nice church clothes because they walk right by you every time and they care nothing about you. In fact, you get in their way and it drives them crazy. But I want you to look in my eyes. And right here we have Peter and John who are filled with the compassion that Christ showed when he did miracles for people. And I promise you, in 2019, if you wanted to make a massive kingdom difference in your friend group, if you let the Holy Spirit fill you with compassion for people that are hurt, you will stick out like a sore thumb. If you can see people 
that are hurting and just maybe, I don't know, hurt with them or offer to help and not just make fun of them or avoid them completely or, you know, send an evil Snapchat about them that everybody finds out about. Like, think about how rare compassion is these days. Like, think about the fact that here in like, I don't know, eight weeks or something, we're going to have Christmas. And most of you are going to receive like hundreds of dollars worth of gifts. And like the first thing that maybe you'll go through your mind if you were like me is, oh, I don't like this. And it's, it's, it's not like, I'm not just saying like, I'm not like trying to throw shade or anything. I'm spending too much time here, so I'm going to get going. But you see how strange it is that a young 16-year-old, 17-year-old man or woman would be filled with compassion and would go, wait a minute, I think I'm going to inconvenience myself today and go help somebody. Do you see how countercultural this is? Do you see how in, a, in, a, in, in like Rome in these days, like the reason that Christianity took over and while it became the, the actual religion of all of Rome, it's not because they had beautiful big churches like this. It's because they have people that were in a kingdom of power and greed and build it all and build, build, build. They were going, hey, I think, uh, I think there's like widows and orphans and sick people and we should make something. Let's make a hospital and care for them. And there were Christians who filled with the Holy Spirit were so filled with compassion for people who couldn't do for themselves that it changed the entire world. If you start being led by the Holy Spirit, your day will become one giant opportunity to be filled with compassion. The second thing is this, courage. Courage. If you start being led by the Holy Spirit, it will blow your mind how courageous you are. Let me tell you something that is just straight up, okay? Your season of life, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, peer pressure, and don't, like, don't be like, no, nah, that ain't me, dog. It's science, okay? It's proven. We've done the studies. We read it. Peer pressure is the main thing in your life. Not, it's not all bad, right? Sometimes peer pressure is good. Like, man, my, my brother's doing homework, so I just did my homework. You know, like sometimes it just happens, okay? Do you know how scary it is to actually do anything Christian? Seriously, I'm just being like, I sat in a small group with a young, like 12-year-old, 11, 12-year-old kid on Sunday while he tried to tell me how hard it was to invite people to come to church with him because he just gets made fun of every time he does it. He gets bullied. Like, you know, think about that, okay? I get it. If he's like, if he's like walking around like pinching people, yeah, bully the kid, you know? Because that hurts. I don't, don't pinch me. I'm going to punch you, you know? But think about this. Think about this. It's 2019, and it is so overwhelmingly difficult and inconvenient for you to invite me to church that I'm going to make fun of you when you do it. Think about where society's gone. Like if somebody in your school, let's just say, let's just say, not say you, let's say, if somebody in your school walks in tomorrow filled with the Holy Spirit and just starts going, hey, I'd love to tell you about the love that God has for you. I'd love to let you know that Jesus loves you and I think God has a great plan for your future. If you saw them walking around the lunchroom and I walked in, I guarantee you people in this auditorium in your room would be Tempted, maybe you wouldn't follow through, but we tempted to go, this guy, this girl. It is scary and difficult and makes you nervous to think about inviting somebody to church, asking them to read their Bible, come be a part of your fuse group, and everybody gets nervous. That's why 
the book of 2 Timothy that we're going to get into here that's going to be amazing here in the next few weeks, it says, hey, you didn't receive a spirit of fear. So whenever you're getting ready to do something awesome or something that's maybe going to actually do something in somebody's life, you're going to feel fear. Guess what? It's lying. You can do it anyway. You just go, it's real simple. I'm going to show you this, okay? It's real simple. I swear to you, this is how it works. You ready? All right. I see this person, and I feel like I'm supposed to go talk to them about Jesus. All right, here we go. I'm on the school bus, and I'm scared to death, right? Like, you can even just be like, you can just be shaking. That's all right. Here's what you do. You go like this. You go, Holy Spirit, I need your help. I need some courage. And then watch what happens to your soul. You're going to feel like someone just put a gas tank, a gas pump, in your soul and went, and filled it up, and you're ready to roll. It's that quick. The Holy Spirit's helping you. He wants to give you courage. So for those of you who have tried to encourage your mom to keep going, right? Like, let's just get super practical. For those of you who have tried to pray for your dad as he struggles with addiction to things, or for those of you who tried to get your brothers and your sisters to keep, to engage in some capacity with God, and it's scary, and you're worried about it, and you're afraid of what's going to happen, this is good news for us because you can just ask the Holy Spirit for help and it says that he would love to help you. He'd be so happy to give you some courage. Again, you want to stick out like a sore thumb? You want to absolutely be a city set on a hill? You want to, be, you want to stand out in, in your locker room on your football team when you get on the bus so that somebody goes, hey, what is this person? What's happening? Have a little bit of courage in your Christian walk and see what happens. Watch how many Christians come out of the dark and come out of the closet when you decide you're going to have your Bible at the lunch table. I don't Maybe Maybe you don't have to have your Bible at the lunch table. Maybe it's something else. But have a little bit of courage. The third thing is this. You can bring, when you are led by the Holy Spirit, you can bring some genuine, real, very practical change to whatever situation you're in. Like, not a little bit of change. Not like you can kind of like have an impact on somebody. Yeah, that's kind of cool. No, you can like, you can shift the whole situation with the Holy Spirit. I promise, I promise. For this guy, think about what happened to this guy, all right? Think about what Peter and John did. They said, look, I, I, don't, I don't have anything for you. I don't have any gold, I don't have any silver. We sold it all. We used to be kind of rich, and then we sold our business, and we want to follow Jesus. It's been a whole lot better without money anyway, okay? So we don't have anything, but I can help you. In the name of Jesus, get up, boom, and walk. What changed for this guy? Answer, everything. Everything. This guy not only gets up, not only is he now able to walk around for the first time in his life, okay, but now he goes into the temple, he's like walking around, like, have you ever seen a baby when they start to learn how to walk? You ever seen this? Like, you've seen how they look like they're just hammered drunk, you know? They're like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, imagine this guy whose, like, legs work for the first time, and he's, like, starting to walk. He's like, oh, snap, this is amazing. And then he starts running, and he runs into the temple, and then he starts jumping, and he just runs into church. Like, imagine if somebody comes running in the back door right now, right while I'm talking, and it's, like, very oddly inappropriate and, like, weird. It's, the timing's off, and he, like, socially doesn't care at all. He's just running in circles, like, whoa! You know, it's just going crazy, and everybody's like, bro, what is up? What did this guy do? You know, people didn't, imagine the people who didn't see it. Like, you're sitting right here, and you had no idea, and he's just running in circles. Everybody's like, yo, Somebody call, get the taser. Somebody get the taser and get this guy down. And you're like, bro, why are you running around? He's like, because I'm 36 and my legs have worked for like 20 seconds. And I'm just stoked, right? Everything changed for this guy. Why? Because Peter and John just gave him what they had. What, what about this story makes you think that Peter and John were like super Christians? They literally just walk up to this guy and they're like, look, I don't have any money. 
you know what? You can be just like this guy because I bet most of you have no money. It'll be perfect. Look, I don't have any money. But I do have some peace. Like imagine when, imagine when you go to Chick-fil-A or wherever after you're a kid. And imagine if you're sitting around and you know, everybody's kind of funny and then, then you know how it always happens. Like that one person will pull you aside and they're like, hey, for real, you think you could pray for me though? You're like, yeah, what's up? Like, well, I, you know, I don't know. My, I don't know, my mom and dad are like, I don't know, it was weird. I come home and they're like, they're not talking to each other and I don't know what to do. And then you go back like, oh, what's up? Yeah, 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 no, I'm good, totally good. And okay, man, I don't have any, can't like buy your Chick-fil-A or anything. But you know, I got a little faith. I think it's gonna be all right. And if you will give what you have, which is this rich, beautiful life with the Holy Spirit, it will blow your mind how much change it will bring to people. What do you have? What has God given you? Has he given you faith? Like, do you just, you just believe, man? You got so much faith. Do you have a beautiful gift? Like, are you, do you have just like an amazing, compassionate heart? You just see people and you care so much. Like, what, what is it that God has given you? What is it that the Holy Spirit, think about this, like, like thousands and thousands of years ago, God thought about you. Like you were a good idea to God. He was like, ah, I know, I know what it is. South Carolina in 2019 is gonna be in shambles. I know what I'll do. I'll think of her. He said, I got a fix for this. It's gonna be fine. I got him. And he'll have me. And I have got some beautiful things for him. It's gonna just change everything. So I'm asking you, what has the Holy Spirit given you that you can give away to see some change? Be filled with compassion. You're gonna be so courageous moving forward. You're gonna bring some real genuine change. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have some, some prayer time tonight. Okay, so if you are a Fuse Group leader on your campus, if you're a Fuse Group leader, will you stand? Any Fuse Group leaders? All right, look at these amazing people. Okay, if you're a Fuse Group leader, I want you to come down front, whatever campus you're on, whatever auditorium, and I want you to just line up along the stage, whatever. Every campus, every auditorium. How amazing are our Fuse Group leaders? They are the best ever. We love you. All right, so here's what, here's what we're gonna do. So in the Bible, when you look at the, the way Paul wrote to Christians, Here's what he said over and over and over again. You received the Holy Spirit. You received these gifts from the Holy Spirit when I laid my hands on you. And it's not like, you know, like some of the crazy stories we hear today, like where you walk by and just like, bam, be healed. You know, he's like slapping people in the head. Like you're not doing that, all right? He's just putting a hand on him. He's just saying, I'm gonna pray that you would receive the Holy Spirit. I pray you'd receive a new filling of the Holy Spirit. I pray you would be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit, any beautiful gift that the Holy Spirit wants to give you so you can be effective and you can be filled with courage and you can have just be filled with compassion that you can make some real change in your life and your family. I just pray right now you be filled with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. It's that simple. Nothing crazy about it. But here's what's gonna happen over these next few minutes. Every campus, every auditorium, I'm gonna invite you as we sit quietly for those of you who are interested, doesn't have to be everybody, but those of you who are interested, to come and find your Fuse Group leader or a Fuse Group leader, and I want you to ask them to put a hand on you, on your shoulder, hold your hands, whatever, and pray that you would receive a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're lacking some serious compassion and you wanna be able to see people as people. 
Maybe you're just scared to death to do anything in the kingdom of God. And you're just like, man, I need some courage in my life. I need to be filled fresh with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you want to see some real change in your family, in your circumstance, in your city, and whatever. And you want to come and get a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Well, what we're going to do is I'm going to pray. I'm going to say amen. The bands are going to come out. And for the next few minutes, you come find somebody and you say, hey, will you lay hands on me and pray that I would receive a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit? So I'm going to pray for us now. So, Father, thank you for this time. Thank you, Father, for the promise of the Holy Spirit who is so good to us, who's so kind, so patient, who prays for us all the time, who is perfectly working right now to make sure that our life turns out the way you designed it to. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for all of the ways that you are caring for us and and, and that you're working in us for the beautiful gifts you've given to us, for, for all the ways that you communicate to us, for all of these amazing young people all over the state who are getting ready to experience a new level of life with you, of courage, of faith, of, of compassion, that, that are going to begin to see people as people and not just problems. They're going to begin to feel the way people feel. They're going to begin to start having some serious, serious change take place in their lives and their families. God, I just pray, would you just make this next time so special as people move to receive a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come now in Jesus' name.